Welcome back to the To Be Better podcast. We are the Chris's. We are on episode three. We are going to be going over check-ins and report cards so that I don't have to continue going over this with people. I can just send them a link to the YouTube channel. Um, we have emails to go over. We have some discussions that we want to have. Um, I guess announcements as well because we're getting close to the Patreon going live so that we can start doing live coaching. Um, we're going to get to the point where we are going to not be answering emails as much. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll be just podcast answers only. So we'll be filtering through those. Um, when the Patreon thing is set up and we start doing live coaching, we're going to be sending links to people with a questionnaire if we can help them and then sending them a link to Patreon so that they can pick how they would like to work with us versus doing this. Right. We'll still be doing the podcast and answering <clears throat> questions and taking content and doing things like that, but this is going to be um, less prevalent because we're spending a lot of time answering emails for free. Mm-hmm. So um, we are on iHeartRadio now. So I've got us on Amazon, iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podvine, um, Pod, Pocket Cast. I don't know. Every time somebody's like, hey, can you get on this? I'm like, I don't know. Can I? And I go look and I can get us on there. It really just takes a little bit of Google search to figure out where to put my RSS feed and I can get us on there. So right. eventually we should be on everything. <clears throat> I know that um, my RSS feed, because I pay for the service, puts it out automatically to things, but I don't. I'm not like actively looking for new podcast streams. I would rather people subscribe to YouTube because then we can monetize YouTube and do all of that and actually make money from these emails. But <clears throat> so do you have any announcements or anything you want to talk about? You have been very absent on TikTok the last few days. Yeah, I have. I am going through a lot mentally. Yeah. So I, I can't put out good videos when I'm not all in on it. We have been getting, well, <clears throat> uh, me specifically, I have been getting shit on super hard on TikTok. Yeah. Been told, somebody told me that I am um, a spawn of Satan. I've been told done alive myself again. Um, I've been told numerous times that they would never take advice from somebody who has tattoos on their face, which I don't really give a shit if you take my advice or not. Right. I don't understand why my tattoos have a bearing on the facts that I'm speaking. Um, but apparently it does. So... Um, I did wake up to some hate on TikTok this morning. Yeah. Yeah. People telling you you were a slave or what? Uh, I had one person tell me that I am dedicating myself to a man who will never be fully dedicated to me. And I have no idea where the fuck that came from. Somebody told me on my TikTok today that you were actually afraid of me. I saw that. Yeah. I, I responded to him. I said, what a stupid comment. <laughs> yep. All right. So let's get into the, 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 um, the check-in and slash report card. So for those of you who are who have been following us on either TikTok or watched any of this, you probably already know these things. We went from the original three questions, how is your mental health, how am I doing as a husband, and what can I do better as a husband, and we added what did I do poorly this week and what did I do exceptionally well this week. So we're at five. I've added five more. Okay. And I, I've listed a whole bunch of things out here that I want to talk about that's crucial to the check-ins, but I want to explain a little bit what we do and why we do them so that people understand that this is more about making a better relationship and less about saving a marriage. The check-ins can absolutely do that if you're able to have a communication, uh, open communication with your partner and you trust them and you're safe. This is not that. This is just to continue to grow together as a couple, right? So we've added the phones have to be completely put away. They can't just be out. They have to be put in a pocket or put in another room so that they're not there. TV's off, radio's off. Um, we added the sit in the lap thing so that we can look at each other face to face and there's no distractions. We have intimate conversation that way. Um, and then you ask the questions, you discuss the questions, and then 
Um, I wrote down some other things to take account of when you're doing this. We've had a couple people say that the first check-in that they did was hours long Mm -hmm. and they saw immediate changes in their partner because they were able to have a um, true conversation without there being conflict or or any kind of competitive behavior. And I think it's important to remember those things. Um, all right, so let's get to the questions first. Once you've you've got your partner's undivided attention, it's important that when you do this that you don't say, we need to talk. Right. You need to say, do you have a minute? Because when you ask a question versus making mm-hmm. a statement, you're going to get a different response. When you ask a question, you're getting them to engage. When you make a statement, you can make them defensive or it has a triggering negative undertone. So that's a problem, and I'll get into that in a minute. So the questions now are the original five. Um how is your mental health? How am I doing as your partner? What can I do to be better as your partner? What did I drop the ball on this week? And what did I do exceptionally well this week? Bonus questions are how, um, how am I doing at meeting your emotional and intimacy needs? How would you rate our sex life on a scale of one to 10? Are you happy with the division of housework? Do you feel safe with me? And what is something that we should do that we haven't? Because now you are taking the first half of the conversation and having a lot of like personal hard talk because those, those questions are, they're intimate, they're hard. You're getting an honest, truthful discussion. Mm. The following five questions can uh, make sure that nobody's overworked in the home. It's going to make sure that uh, all needs are being met emotionally, intimacy, sexually, whatever. Um, And then you can start using the, the last questions to start maybe planning vacations to, find new places to eat, whatever the case may be. So I I thought those were pretty good. Um, Things to remember when you're doing these. uh, If you haven't set boundaries or expectations in your relationship, this could be a good time to do so. If you have set set boundaries, this is a great time to make sure that both of you have the same definitions of the boundary set. Um, We've talked about in the past that communication is not just verbalizing things. It's also listening to understand, being able to communicate to make sure that everybody's on the same page with everything. Mm -hmm. And people always ask us about the expectations and the contracts that we have. And this is a good opportunity for you to implement that because you're already in a position where you have your partner's undivided attention. Do you have anything you want to add to that? I feel like I'm doing a whole lot of talking. I I didn't even know you added five things to it. I know because I wanted to shock (laughs) you so you'd have something to talk about. (laughs) I'm actually pretty excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, You want to avoid phrases like you never or you always. These come across as combative and can be used um, as tools of manipulation in some cases. Um, I want to throw something in real quick before you move on. So this morning when I messaged you, I'm not going to go into what the text message was about, but there was a point where I said, I feel guilty for whatever the situation was. I almost said, it makes me feel guilty, but nothing is making me feel guilty. I have that feeling. Right. So I wanted to give that as an example as the way you phrase things is important it because absolutely is. you're not doing anything to make me feel guilty. Nope. None of your actions are doing that and anything you said is doing that. That's an internalized feeling that I have to work through on my own. So changing that, I feel like made our conversation go smoother than it would have if I unintentionally placed the blame on you with the way I said it. Right. And I agree because you took accountability with what was going on. Right. People don't, people want to be like, you make me so angry. Mm-hmm. No, no, they really don't. You make you angry. You allow your brain to process the information that's being given to take it in a negative perspective. Right. I cannot stress how many times that I've had really shitty situations become very positive because I look at it as an opportunity to grow versus a negative 
that it's really what it comes down to. And like, right. you know, the amount of stress that I'm under right now with the expansion and trying to do with what one of the businesses because of the hurricane, mm-hmm. I could really be falling apart and just being like, it's the end of the world. I've lost those two businesses instead of trying to grow the one business that we have left standing and worry about those when the insurance comes through, when the building's rebuilt or whatever. <clears throat> I'm looking at all of this as an opportunity for growth because I have an opportunity right now where I have almost a year before this building is going to be back up and running mm-hmm. that I can hire more people, train them, get them to do things the way that I expect them to get done. And then I can move people around and we can continue to open businesses and grow. Right. If I looked mm-hmm. at this as a, a negative aspect and woe is me the entire time, I wouldn't have that mindset. Um, so it's important that you, you recognize these things. Your, um, the world, how's, what did the statement go? Um, the world can't change your attitude, but you can change your attitude about the world. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So try to engage your partner with questions instead of making statements. This is what I was talking about a minute ago. Statements trigger a feeling of judgment where questions engage curiosity. Things like, do you have a minute versus we need to talk? The Dave Chappelle killing him softly skit mm-hmm. where he's like, Dave, we need to talk. And he's like, fuck. And he's like, yeah. every time we got to talk, it's something I got to do. And that is a very, it's funny. It was hysterical when I heard it. And every man that watches that for the first time laughs because they know that's exactly what's about to go down. If you just say, do you have a minute? Because you hit me with that the other day. You were like, hey, I know you're about to do that. But do you, before you get on there, do you have a minute to talk to me? And I'm like, yeah, what do you, what's up? Like, it was a very different thing than had you been like, we need to talk. Because I'm like, oh, here we go. Right. You know, so that's super important to remember. Um, we need, uh, and by we, I mean everyone, needs to start listening to understand and not to respond Allow your partner to complete their thought process before speaking. Work on giving a pause to think before you speak. Empathize and validate with what they're saying instead of just responding. And this will help you uh, help make them feel heard. Mm -hmm. And if you aren't sure what they're saying, repeat what you heard back to them and make sure that you digest it before you give a response. This is one of the things that I'm working on the hardest right now, especially when we get into a, a conversation that I feel like I'm being attacked. I have to let you finish. Because nine times out of 10, we are arguing the exact same point to each other from a different standpoint because I didn't let you finish your point. And that's something that I am desperately working on, you know, and there's, it's getting to the point now where you're saying something and if you pause, I'm like, okay, are you done? Because I don't want to interrupt your thought process and then us regress. Right. Um, mm. Listening to understand is a big deal too, because everybody gets caught up in having a conversation. They're just waiting for their turn to speak. They want their five minutes of fame. You know what I mean? So it's important to just allow that to process and, and play out. This thing keeps clicking. I don't know if it's because I'm touching the, the road mic or if it's the paper or what, but it's starting to drive me nuts. I feel um, like you just got a little louder. Did you just plug that back in? I don't know. Maybe. Did, Did I, I get louder? Could be that I turned my, uh, I don't know. I'm mentally mm. not there today, apparently. Um, Before you move on, I want to touch on the processing aspect and like understanding. Mm-hmm. I process, depending on the situation and what is being said, like if I have a lot of information thrown at me, it takes a while for me to process that shit. So if you guys are getting into like a super intense conversation, it's okay to say like, I need to process this before we continue the conversation. Right. It's taken me, I don't know, there was a day that it took me like 12 hours to process everything we discussed. Right. And the next day I had to come to you and be like, okay, so we had the conversation. I processed it a little bit. Can we continue? Right. You know? I think that's important to recognize as well. Like not everything has to be done in one single conversation in a two hour time period. I agree. I feel like stretching it out is also going to help people recognize like regulating emotions and saying, okay, well he said this and that upset me. Why did it upset me? And that's something you can also discuss with your partner and be like, Hey, you said this yesterday. 
it triggered me. I didn't know why it triggered me, but I think I figured it out. I kind of want to talk to you about that. Right. I think that it's important to remember that when you have these conversations too, like, uh, and I don't think I mentioned this in the beginning of the check-in, you are not allowed to get defensive. I mm-hmm. did not. You're not allowed to get defensive in response to what your partner tells you. Right. You are at, we call this the report card because you are asking for a report card, the situational report. You want to know mm-hmm. like all these things. And if you get defensive because you're asking for somebody to give you feedback, one, you're never going to get positive feedback again. You're going to make your partner feel like they can't talk to you safely. They're going to feel unsafe in discussing things with you. Um, there's going to be a whole lot of other things that play in, but when you can turn that off and know that you are asking for this and know that your grade is indicative of your work efforts, you can't be mad at anybody but yourself. So if, if, you know, we have a great week and the next week there's something that's happened and I've done something wrong and you deliver it to me in a, obviously not in a a negative way, Mm -hmm. I now have a week or two weeks, however long we have in between check-ins to start rectifying the situation, but it gives me a day or two to process. I really, you know, I hurt her by doing whatever I did or I really dropped the ball by not making sure that her tire was changed or whatever, you know. Um, But it's not a defense thing. You're Mm -hmm. asking for this so that you can be a better partner. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm going to, my mom, my adopted mom gave me a great piece of information and it was, let me see, did I type it up? Because it was a good, it was a good one. Um, she said that people love to match energies. So when someone is giving us the silent treatment and we give it back to them, that attitude is thrown back and forth. We mirror. That is normal human interaction. She said, but if you are able to do that with negativity, you should be able to do it with love. Right. And when you realize that and you are trying to give your partner the best version of you, they should naturally want to do the same thing. Should. Obviously, there are shitty people out there. There are selfish people out there. There's narcissists, as much as I hate that fucking term. There are people out there who are going to do whatever they feel is best for them. But when you and I are having a great relationship and you're taking that extra step, I'm like, oh, bitch, I got to one up you. We're going we're gonna to do this now, you know, and like it's not a one up thing, but I want to be better because you're trying to be better. Right. You know, it, it's a, we feed off of each other. <clears throat> and if people do that in negative moments, you should right. absolutely be doing it in positive ones. I agree. I'm going to correct you. You said when we have a great relationship, we have a great relationship. You know what I mean? There's days that like, like yesterday, uh, that stupid cartoon was on and and you got up and I'm like, Ooh, I like a big, hey. I like a junkie. <laughs> and you started doing that in the living room. And because you started doing that, I kept going. Yeah. So those are, those are like, that's an intimate moment for us. Like that's something I'm never going to forget. Yeah. It's a stupid little moment in time, but it, it meant a lot. It was fun for me. Right. Um, anyways. Being able to reciprocate things to your partner should be something that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I know that there's shitty people out there. Can I can I ask also just for a minute talk about how miserable people are in life? Oh my! And gosh. how they don't care enough about anything to change it. Like I I make convert, uh, uh, videos about communication constantly on my TikTok, mm-hmm. and instead of just scrolling past, I had somebody literally stop and go, "Communication doesn't work with my old man." Do you remember that conversation we had that night? I was like, yes. so what, what is, I mean, does he beat you? Like right. how, how do you guys resolve problem? Do you arm wrestle? Is it thumb, like thumb wrestles? What, what are you doing? My mind. Rock'em, sock'em robots. <laughs> I, I don't understand how your communication doesn't work. Right. So we both, our first thought after hearing that was domestic violence. Right. And then the second thought was, it's not that it doesn't work. You guys just don't know how to communicate. Right. Unbelievable. So I see a lot of that. And then I see a lot of, 
I understand that I make controversial videos sometimes, and I do that for a reason. Mm -hmm. I want people to be engaged. Right. I want them to have a dialogue in the comment section. Mm -hmm. The more people disagree and the more you can have that conversation, I know you're never going to change somebody's mind on the internet. They're coming in with their belief system, and that's all there is to it. However, the people who are not engaged in that conversation that are reading the comments that have no dog in that race, their minds can be changed. Right. That's a really good point. Oh, shit, that's an even better point. I didn't mm -hmm. think about that. Those are the changes that are happening. It's subconsciously, and it's happening from people who are not being petty, whiny bitches on the Internet. People who want to grow as human beings. Right. And those are also the people who are silent 99% of the time because they don't want to get caught up in nonsense. They don't want their yeah. notifications going off. And the last mm -hmm. thing they want is to be on in an argument with somebody who lives in their mom's basement and has nothing better to do with their time other than troll, you know? Right. Um, <clears throat> but it blows my mind the amount of people who live those lives. And like, we have people constantly say things like, you know, my husband doesn't do any of this. And it's been like that for 15 years. Why are you still with them? Well, if, why are you waiting 15 years to say it's a problem? Right. You know, and I, I look at all these things and I always start to make a video or I always start to type and I want to have these conversations with these people. And I'm getting to the point now where I don't even remotely care. Like if you're not willing to take accountability and take change of your mm -hmm. life and like take stock and be like, my life could be so much better if we just did X, Y, Z and start working to make that better. I don't want to hear you complain because all you're doing is bitching. Right. And that's the way I look at it. If you're complaining and you have a plan, you're working through it by complaining. You're trying mm -hmm. to figure out all of your ins and outs to make your plan work. If you are not trying to implement change and you're complaining, you're just bitching. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to hear that. Be better. Like, right. Ugh. <laughs> I also get comments, and this really infuriates me, from women who are in their 40s and 50s, and they're like, oh, wait until you've been married for 10 years. Wait until you've been married for 15 years. Wait until you've been together for 20 years. Things always change. People change. Yep. Intimacy dies. I don't disagree with the fact that people change. People are growing constantly. You're supposed to change. You're not going to be the same person in 20 years than you are today. Right. But I'm going to grow and love. I'm going to grow with you, and I love you. Unless you become like a complete asshole. Well, I mean, I'm already almost a complete asshole. I'm pretty close. You're I feel nice like that's my final form. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when people say intimacy dies and things change and they don't love you the same after that amount of time, it's because you guys become complacent. And the fact that you can't acknowledge the fact that things died because you let go of things. Oh, that's not how I wanted to say that. Yeah. <laughs> you want to rewind it and My try next again? sentence and it makes sense. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so I'm glad that it's not just my brain today. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's been a really rough holiday. It has like, oh, God, <laughs> that's why I haven't made TikToks. I can't deal with people's bullshit on top of my own bullshit. Yeah. So when people say after X amount of time, things die, they don't want to accept the accountability that they let the things die right. because then they're part of the problem and they're not just the victim. Yeah. Because nobody wants to take accountability. I nailed that. You did. That was <laughs> fucking on point. I, I want to add to that and say that you allowing things to change with your partner and losing mm -hmm. that intimacy and becoming the roommate phase is an active decision. And it's it not just a one-time decision. You mm -hmm. wake up and make that decision every single day. Yep. And I understand that you get to a point you're going to get to a point with your partner if you let it go like that, that you don't like each other anymore. Mm -hmm. And you see it in the comments constantly. At that point, you've let it go and made the decision to let it go over and over and over again. It's going to be so much harder to fix it than it would be if you recognize like, hey, we're not dancing in the kitchen anymore. Like he doesn't hold my hand when we drive or, or we're not having sex as much as we should. 
something's not right. Mm -hmm. And then having a quick check-in, figuring out what the problem is, and then just talking about it. I'm now getting in my comments women who are complaining about their hormones being off. And I'm going to say, and this will probably be one of many times that I mention Summit Rejuvenation Centers. Um, I have a friend of mine that owns a um, hormone therapy replacement, hormone replacement therapy business. And um, they're very good at what they do. You guys can check them out, summitrejuvenationcenters.com. If you are over 40 years old, male or female, you should be getting your blood work done on a regular basis regardless. Mm -hmm. You're going to be going through the change. We're going to be, our testosterone is going to be dropping. That's a very real thing for a lot of people. When your hormones are off, you get depressed, you sleep or you don't sleep, mm -hmm. you become irritable. And, and that's one of the emails that we're going to get into. So I'm not going to go too far into that right now, but right. knowing where your blood levels lie can absolutely change things for you. Anybody that's in their 40s remembers what it was like to be 20. When I got on, on hormone replacement therapy because my testosterone was low, I became a 20-year-old again. I mean, we have we have like marks in the wall from the headboard. like that, You know what I mean? And, <laughs> yeah. and it, it wasn't like that before the, the replacement therapy. So, um, I mean, obviously it was still a thing, but it wasn't to the level that it is now because my, my hormones are right. I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't hear anything you just said to me because that look you gave me. <laughs> Whew, Lord, I'm going to need like a fucking... Okay. A fan or something. Yeah. <laughs> Your hormones are off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get back to this. Um, when you are listening to understand and you guys are having these talks, make sure that you empathize and validate your partner. That was where we ended off on that last point. I just want to add to that. Acknowledging your partner's issues and validating that they're real and apologizing or empathizing with it is going to change the way that your partner feels they're being heard or understood. If I use a, a phrase regularly mm -hmm. that triggers you and right. you throw it back <clears throat> at me in one of these, these conversations during a check-in and I pause for a minute and think, okay, this is how she's feeling about it. She just explained why she feels that way. If she did that to me and I felt that way, that would suck. I wouldn't want to feel that way. So that's how I would uh, that's how I would empathize with you. I didn't realize that that was making you feel that way. If if that happened to me, I would feel like shit. I, I see that now. Right. I've empathized and I've validated. You you feel the way you feel, and it's justifiable. Now we can have a talk about how to make that go and be better because you've not only been heard, you now know that I understand, and I'm. I'm, you know, sincere with my apology because it's really easy to just be like, my bad, it won't happen again. Right. That's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Nobody, nobody believes that when you do mm -hmm. that. It's like when somebody's like, you know, you tell your kid, you need to apologize. And they're like, sorry. And you're like, why are you apologizing? And like, I don't know. That's right. exactly what that is. Yeah. So, um, okay. Are you moving on to another point? I, I will after you make whatever point you're about to make. Okay. <laughs> so as you just said, you were able to, if you're able to validate that it like, it's a legit emotion you understand why I'm feeling that way. And it's a validated reasoning for why I feel that way. I think it can also be said sometimes people are completely invalid in their emotions. I agree. And they are just seeing red and they don't care about anything outside. They're just focusing on that one thing. Having the check-ins is an opportunity for someone to be like, okay, I understand how you're feeling. I, I can see why you feel this way. I need you to understand it's a little bit irrational. Right. Because some people try to get away with some bullshit feelings. I would probably word it better than saying irrational and every guy on the planet will agree with what I'm about to say. That's like telling <clears> a woman <throat> to calm down. 
I disagree. Yeah. Well, I disagree for me. Yeah. I, I understand that it triggers some people. Sometimes I need you to tell me to calm down. Right. Well, you also have accountability like I do. Yeah. So if I'm like, hey, that's kind of bullshit, you'd be like, all right, wait a minute. I'd be like, damn, you're right. Yeah, yeah. You kinda, <laughs> you know. You've actually done that to me. All right. <clears throat> I, I think it's important to not validate bullshit. Mm-hmm. I also think that in all of this, this is a good a good point as well to make sure that when you use these check-ins, you can use these check-ins to talk about things that you were mad about earlier in the week and you can have those conversations <laughs> while you're calm. Because if something happens and you get mad and you blow up on the spot, you're reacting out of anger and emotion versus letting <clears throat> it calm down, processing your shit, and then bringing it up two or three days later in a check-in. Right. That will go a long way because... Situations are never resolved during conflict. They will be solidified. Mm -hmm. They can be discussed. But the resolution happens after everybody's calm. People process things and start making or taking steps to change things. Right. Excuse me. Oh, man, I hope that didn't get picked up. I apologize, guys. That was (laughs) spicy chicken. Jesus chicken from Chick-fil-A. Do you have anything on that point before I move on? I did, and now I don't remember. It was the burp, wasn't it? No, maybe. All right. The most important thing in conversation is hearing what isn't being said. You need to pay attention to tone, inflection, and body language. Mm -hmm. You can tell somebody that they're a total piece of shit human being, and if you say it in a way that doesn't trigger them, they'll be like, damn, I'm a piece of shit. But they're not going to get mad about it. Right. So you need to make sure that you are on point with your tone and your inflection. And for those who don't know, tone is is the obviously the tone of your voice. Inflection is the way that you word things. Mm-hmm. It's no different than like if you say, I love you, have a good day on a text message. I'm like, love you too. My inflection in that text message is different than it would be if I said, I love you too. Right? We've talked about that. Right. You do that a lot. I know I do, but I, <laughs> I'm working on not doing that. I know. It's laziness on my part. It's all it is. Mm-hmm. It's no different than me sending a K text message. I know that that triggers a lot of people. I could care less. If you say OKAY or yeah. you just say K, <clears throat> I got OK out of it. I don't need a a 900 fucking paragraph text message to understand a point. I'm a give me the details and, and go, you know? Right. So um, I want to touch on that before you move on. You, you said it's a laziness thing, laziness thing on your end mm-hmm. when you don't type the I. It's just love you. That is one of those moments where like I got upset because you didn't say the I and I was like, damn, this man don't love me no more. Like, what did I do? (laughs) That is me overreacting. Mm -hmm. That is a irrational overreaction. And once you told me that it's a laziness thing on your end, I was like, okay, I get it. Like, I'm not going to harp on that anymore. It's not a negative thing you're doing to me to punish me. Why are you? Because all I can think of is the day that that happened. Sorry. The day that all of this happened and you were like, damn. And we had that conversation via text message. Yeah. I was like, if I'm ever mad at you and you say I love you, I'll just be like, yep. <laughs> oh. Now you can get mad. Right. And in my head, I, I was, I was just like, you know, but like it, it's so, so foolish to me. I don't know. I, I was just thinking about that. Could you imagine that? I love you. Yep. <laughs> that would be, that would definitely be a moment. <laughs> that would be a really hard to quit laughing. I'm working on my final form over here. <laughs> But that's one of those moments to where it's good to have a conversation about it instead of harvesting, harvesting, harboring. Harboring. You're not going to cut that, are you? No, hell no, I'm not. <laughs> People like this back and forth with us. The harboring of a negative feeling that you haven't even ver- voiced Verbalized. to your partner. I'm struggling. <laughs> 
har- harboring a negative feeling you haven't voiced to your partner okay. on something that is a negative trigger for you from past relationships, right. that is a very big deal to not do. That is how you start building animosity towards your person without like it's, it's, it's unjustified. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Am I all over the place no. right now? <laughs> no. Uh, do you know what the definition of animosity is? I was going to say, wow. By definition, it's open admitted hatred. Yeah. That's okay. one of my favorite words. Yeah. I was going to say. I can hear you breathe. Resentful. I heard that. <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling so hard with words today. I got like an hour and a half of sleep last That's night. That's so funny. But resentful is not the correct terminology for that because right. resentful comes from envy. Right. Although most people will part of that with anger and it's, right. it's not, it's an envy emotion. I am, um, I, I like the word animosity so much mm-hmm. because I am, I am a, by nature, I don't like people. I'm right. not an introvert. I can be extroverted as hell when you get me in a, a group of people that are like-minded that I, I'm comfortable with. And like now when we talk, I talk a lot on the podcast. I don't talk like this in public. It's because it's me. Right. So <laughs> I like certain people, but mm-hmm. as a whole, I don't like humanity. I think I people are parasites. Mm-hmm. So animosity is actually tattooed on my neck because it's open admitted hatred because I fucking hate everyone. So I like that. That was since I was like 17 years old that's been on the side of my neck. Anyways. Wow. Um, so the last thing on that is body language. Mm-hmm. I cannot stress enough how important it is to just watch some YouTube videos on body language when people are sitting with their arms crossed, they're defensive, they're closed off, they're not open to what you're saying. If mm-hmm. their toes are pointing to the door, they're trying to leave. There's a lot of things that you can learn that are just basic subconscious things that people do and you can it will change the entire conversation. If somebody is super relaxed and says some really shitty things, they're not mad. Mm-hmm. They're just not knowing how to word things. But if they're tense and you can tell by their body language that they're frustrated and they say some asshole shit like it is said out of anger, and knowing that can change the way your 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 conversation's going. And I've hit this a lot, but 70, they're saying up to 80%. 70 to 80% of communication is nonverbal. Mm-hmm. It's your surrounding, your tone, inflection, body language, things like that. So those are super important. Anything else on this point before we move on? No. I would have to look over the paper to think of something. Okie dokie. I'm not trying to. Um, so this next point says to use and instead of but. Um, it doesn't matter what you say before a but. The moment you drop but, everything prior to that is negated and people only focus on the negative that follows. So these, some of these points have come from a lot of the books that I've read. You know, These are things that have stuck in my mind that I'm compiling to give you guys advice. Some of this is original thought. A lot of it's not. This specific scenario, the book that I was reading, and I can't remember who which book it was because I've read a lot on communication. The guy said that um, if you get a haircut or somebody gets a haircut and they come to you and they're like, hey, do you like my hair? And they're like, I mean, I liked it before, but they're like, damn, okay, they hate my haircut. But if you're like, I like it and I liked it before, they're like, okay, you know, that's a very different mm-hmm. um, scenario. So try not to use but in a conversation because you are going to set up a negative con- um, tone for the following sentences. That was a short one. You got anything on that one? All right. Uh, start paying attention to your partner's request for connection. This can come from something as simple as going, hey, check out that car over there. Or did you see that bird? You know, um, the whole point of that is to get you to look and then engage with whatever it is that I, we're trying to get you to engage in us with. Mm-hmm. That is a... 
exchange of energy. It is an exchange of of emotion. It shows that you have an interest in whatever it is that I'm interested in in the moment, and you are giving your undivided attention to whatever is happening. You're not on your phone. You guys are fully engaged in that moment. That happens in the beginning phases of dating constantly because you want to be engaged and and Mm. involved in whatever your, your interest is involved in. Um, we still do that. I was just thinking about the baby hippo. <laughs> right. We had a whole conversation about how fast hippos can run and how it'd be utterly destroyed by one. It was a stupid conversation. Right. But, but you it were was fun. It. Right. And you were like, oh, look, at the, I, I want to be a baby hippo in the next life or something like that. And then we got I into... I said, I want to cuddle one. Cuddle one. Yeah. We got into that whole conversation. But had I been doing this, yeah, babe, cool hippos. Sure. Eventually, you would stop showing me those things. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have even continued the conversation. It would have been in. It would have been, you know, and that it was like a 25, 30 minute whole thing where we're laughing and enjoying our time together. It was because I was engaged. You you made a request for connection. Mm -hmm. I engaged with you and we had a dope moment. Those moments are what adds up over a lifetime of intimacy and connection with people. And as you grow, and instead of growing apart, you're growing together because you're taking interest in each other's things. I wrote on here, ignoring them or not giving them enough attention can slowly become the downfall of a relationship and you will find yourself falling into the roommate phase. I've had three comments now asking to talk about the roommate phase on TikTok. Like about what it is, how it happens? How to get out of it because that's something that everyone finds themselves in. I'm I'm seeing videos now that because I'm going down different rabbit holes of learning. Right. I'm seeing videos now that there's like four phases of marriage and the first one's the honeymoon phase, the mm-hmm. third one's roommate phase and like they go through all of this shit. And I understand that because I've I've had a long-term relationship like long long. I understand that those things are going to happen and I looking back on it, you have hindsight's 2020, you can see everything. This is where things did this, this this situation changed the entire course of everything. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to not <clears throat> being able to communicate or having the necessary communication skills to resolve whatever that problem is before it evolves into a bigger thing. Mm-hmm. And you and I have had a lot of conversations over the last few days and I I keep telling you like the things that are bothering me right now normally wouldn't phase me but because i have so much shit going on and my head is a fucking mess things that i would never bat an eye at are huge to me right now same thing so when you have um the roommate phase that's not something that i mean it's going to happen right but you can make decisions to go okay this is this is not okay with me mm-hmm. and if i don't check this scenario we're going to be so much worse off than we were but I think it takes people getting into that, looking back, taking accountability, and then realizing that you don't have to be in that roommate phase anymore. Right. You have to make the active decision to start working, to be intimate again, and to take interest and to put your partner first. You literally have to start dating. Right. And it's not hard. It's you, not. You already have however many years that you have with your partner. Right. You guys live together. Mm-hmm. They are your best friend. If there's really a problem, that's who you're going to. Why wouldn't you want to take them out on a date? Men, this is a super easy thing. Tell your woman that you have a surprise. Tell me you're going to take them out. And they're like, oh, yeah, where are you going? Be like, you, well, if, you know, guess. where would you go? Where <laughs> right. would you like to go? You know, just guess. They're going to start throwing shit at you. And whatever the first one is, that's where you guys are going that night. Mm-hmm. Because that's truly where they want to go. That's what they want to eat. That's the movie they want to see. Whatever the case may be, they've, they've laid that out. You don't have to play the game of back and forth. Well, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? 
women want you to be in, in charge. Most women want men to lead. Mm-hmm. Obviously, obviously, that's not the fucking case for everyone. I've heard it all. Right. But if you're married and you your wife wants you to lead your home mm-hmm. and you surprise her with a date, you're going to get brownie points that you otherwise wouldn't have gotten. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take a lot. All you got to do is send that text message. Hey, I got a surprise for you tonight. Oh, yeah, what is it? Guess. That's it. And she's not just going to guess one thing. She's no. going to rattle off a whole bunch of shit. Yep. And you can start making notes. Yeah. This is date number two, date number three, date number four. And she did all the work and you're, mm-hmm. you're going to get all the credit. Yeah. Big brain shit. It's also easy for women to make sure that roommate face thing doesn't happen. It, it really is. It, <laughs> Men are such simple creatures. Literally just put on a t-shirt and heels and wait for him to walk into the Yo, bathroom. the under butt cleavage. Oh my God. <laughs> I thought this man, man was going to faint. <laughs> I pulled my phone out and took a picture of your butt. You did. It's not hard. It's little moments like that. There's times where I go out of my way. Like I'll start doing a task. I'd be like, okay, but how can I make it sexy? (laughs) (laughs) And I do it because I know you're going to get a kick out of it. Yeah. It'll either be a funny moment for us or it's going to be like a damn, that's mine. Mm -hmm. Something is going to happen. That's going to bring us closer together. When I clean the house and I walk around in my fucking sheer, oh, I just said the F word. Sorry. (laughs) When I, when I do that sheer thing, I, it's comfortable to wear that, Yeah, you know, but I like giving you something to look at. Can I add to this by saying that I made that video about reclaiming intimacy Mm -hmm. and I obviously have to say not all sex intimacy is not just sexual. You know, you have emotional, physical, (laughs) spiritual, all of the different intimacies. Mm -hmm. But when I say that, I mean it all encompassing. So when I made that video about intimacy and reclaiming that, um, I was like, it's not hard for women to like do their hair and put makeup on for their man to look attractive if you're yeah. going on a date. The amount of people that are like, well, why do they got to put on makeup? They don't. They don't have to put on makeup. Most right. men like natural beauty. You know how many times I've heard women say, well, we don't put makeup on for us. We, for you, we do it for us. Well, if that's the case, why are you in my comments with this bullshit right mm-hmm. now? If you like makeup or your man likes you in makeup, it takes you an extra 15 minutes to an hour, whatever. Some women take three hours doing their makeup. That's fucking insane. Yeah. I, I'm not I'm taking three hours to do anything. I sat on the couch for 20 minutes and did my makeup for this. Right. But it doesn't take much to take that extra step. Mm-hmm. I have nice clothes in there. I don't wear them ever. But if we were going, like we're going to see a musical in March, mm-hmm. and you better believe I'm going to dress up. I'm going to look like, like uh, I mean, I'll put on $20,000 watch, do the T-shirts, you know, the, the jeans, tuck the shirt in, wear the nice Hugo Boss shoes I have. Like, I, I'm going to do the thing because we're going out. Right. And do I want to do that? Absolutely not. I would love to go out wearing some gym shorts and a tank top, my flip-flops, because that's comfortable to me. Mm-hmm. But I know that you get to look at me like that in a way that you don't get to see me very often. Right. I also know I'm going to get some play when I get home. <laughs> Because we, we're going to go out and we're going to be doing a date and it's going to be like courting all over again. It's right. going to be exciting and sexy and fun. Why would you fight that? What really blows my mind is women saying, why do I need to put my makeup on for him? Why did you do it in the dating phase? Right. Why did you do your makeup and put your hair up and make sure you looked your best in the dating phase and then think it's okay to let that just not be a thing anymore? That, that totally falls into, well, I landed him I don't have to do anything else. Women complain about that shit all the time. He landed me. Now he doesn't do anything for me. Okay, well, what do you do for him now? Mm. Makes me angry. Yeah. <laughs> I um, We had another person. Okay, I'm, I'll come back to that because okay. that, that will take this conversation in a whole different different perspective, but remind me about the single mothers thing. Okay. 
Um, last point on this, and then I have some a uh, couple of questions. How often do you recognize and validate positive things in your partner? The small trivial things that people overlook and take for granted because that is what your life has become accustomed to. Simple positive affirmations can make them feel validated, appreciated, and seen. Oh my God, it is not hard to thank your partner for all the things that they do. I make it a point, no matter what it is, if you do something, I'd be like, hey babe, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. You're like, no big deal. It's not, it's not a big deal. You were doing it anyways. But the fact that I'm acknowledging that you did it and that you didn't have to do it changes the entire process for you. Right. It does it for me. Like if I, if I, if I have to run to the bank and I just happen to take your truck and refill it with gas and I come back and you're like, oh, you filled my truck up with gas. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. Mm-hmm. You're recognizing that I took that extra step to do something that I didn't have to do that right. I did because I want <laughs> to, to make you happy. Those moments of positive affirmation, validation, and seeing that your partner truly loves you and recognizing that changes the entire dynamic of your relationship. It does. Because at that point, nothing is expected. Mm -hmm. It's all appreciated. I believe, I believe that when you have expectations, it should be that each, each partner is going to hold up their fair share of labor. Mm -hmm. That's where an expectation comes in. But even with that expectation, gratitude still needs to happen because we are not endangered servants. Right. We serve each other because we want to, not because we have to. Mm-hmm. So um, that's all that I have for the check-in. I have I have a couple of quick questions. Do you have something? I do. Okay. So as you were saying about like being grateful for things that they go out of the way to do, I think it's also important to just like acknowledge the daily shit that they do. Right. It's your job to take the trash cans down and bring them back up. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I'll be like, damn, you make that look good. Yeah. You do, because right? you, you watch on the cameras when oh. I do it. I'll watch you walk out the front door. I'll, I'll follow the screens. I'll be like, okay, front door. Ooh, now he's walking in the driveway. <laughs> and then you you disappear for a minute, and you come down with the trash cans. I'm like, oh, he makes it look so good. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's super important to still be, like, flirty and cute, yeah. and you're doing your thing that you do every week. Right. But me doing that cute little flirty moment with you is like, okay, I'm going to keep doing the trash then, yeah. right? That actually does do that. And, yeah. and I, I say it all the time that men are simple creatures. You mm-hmm. validate us. You tell us we're proud. Hey, you're a good dad. Those kind of things go really fucking far for most men, especially men who are in their like 35 to 55 range because mm-hmm. we didn't get that shit growing up. If you, if you were with a Generation X man and you tell him that you're proud of him, there's a strong possibility that motherfucker is going to cry. He may not do it in front of you. He may I had to go poop. Yeah. And he's going to cry in the process. Like that goes a long, long way with, with my generation. That's not something we heard a lot of. Um, that simple recognition in terms of, oh, you look real good taking out the garbage. Most men don't get compliments like that. And even though I know you say things like that to me on a regular basis, I still really enjoy hearing it. Yeah. Even when it's a joking thing like the garbage cans. Oh, I 100% mean it. Though. I know you do, but you say <laughs> it in a joking manner when I come in every time. And I, I'm almost expecting that it's going to happen every single time. So when it doesn't, I'm like, damn, she didn't look at the cameras. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know what I mean? Like we know that that's yeah. going to be a thing. And even though it's repetitious it, and it could be, become habitual at one point. Oh, mm-hmm. that's another thing. The habitual I love yous. It's are, a problem. It is a fucking problem. When we... My big thing before you and I was always love you bye. I don't, I don't want to, I love you, have a great day. It was just love you bye and I'd hang the phone up. I realized previously that that is a habitual thing. Mm-hmm. Leaving before you, you know, leaving the house, love you, see you later, walking out the door. 
that habitual phrase means nothing because it's a habit for you to say it before you leave. If you stop and make eye contact and be like, hey, babe, I love you, and a hug or a kiss or Mm -hmm. just an intimate look before you walk out the door, that means something. Right. The habitual phrase is bullshit. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. I would rather not hear it than have it not mean something. Right. So go ahead. So it's going to be the last thing I say that we can go. No, you're good. So if you were in a public setting, you were leaving and you left and you're like, all right, I'll see you at home. I was like, all right, babe. And this person was like, he didn't say he loved you. And I was completely taken aback. I was like, what do you mean? Like what? Right. And she was like, he, you guys don't say that every time you leave. And I'm like, no, there's times where you and I just look at each other. And I'm like, Ooh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. When I get back, he's going to be all over me. I get it. Yeah. There's times where we leave and we'll be like, I'll say you're handsome or whatever and be like, yeah, I know. Yeah. And that's it. I leave. The fact that someone was so taken aback by the fact that we don't say it like repetitiously to mm-hmm. each other really made me realize that it does become a habitual thing. Right. And we don't say it to each other every day. We might go like a day or two without saying it. Right. But when you say it, my heart's gonna be like, oh my God. <laughs> right. Because I'm not saying it by hanging up a phone right. or walking out the door. Like we'll be sitting on the couch and I look at you and you'd be like, what? And I'd be like, I love you. And you'd be like, oh shit, what made you say that? And be yeah. like, I just wanted you to know it. Like those are those moments that actually mean something. You're yeah. not just saying shit because it's expected of you. I know who it was that said that mm-hmm. to you. And it doesn't shock me at all that's, that, that, that that is a thing because she's the type of person that just follows the rules of what is expected of her. Yeah. And that's a younger generation too, mm-hmm. which is a whole, I'm not getting any of that. Yeah. I'm done with that conversation because I don't want to shit talk people. Um, okay. Anything else before I start asking these questions? No. Nope. Okay. These are questions that I'm asking more directly towards the people who are listening and okay. less about the check-in. Okay. Are you completely honest with your partner? That is a very real question because there are a lot of people who will sugarcoat things. Mm-hmm. They will they will skirt around subjects because they don't want to hurt their partner's feelings. Or they're scared of a reaction. Or Yeah, or they're afraid. They're not safe and secure, so mm-hmm. they want to omit. And when you omit things, you're lying. Omission is a form of lying. It is. Okay, so... For those of you who are listening, I I want you to ask yourself that. Are you honest with your partner, completely, truly honest with your partner? Mm -hmm. Is there something that you have wanted to ask or tell your partner for a while and you have not done so? Do you keep your feelings about anything from your partner, i.e., do you go along to avoid conflict even if something bothers you? And can you be vulnerable with them without fear of them using it against you? And then lastly, when was the last time that you truly felt safe with your partner? These questions that I'm asking to those of you who are listening before a check-in are things that you need to evaluate and really process because Mm -hmm. these questions are going to tell you a lot about your involvement, your safety, your intentions in your marriage. Mm -hmm. If I felt like I needed to talk to you about something and I couldn't or I was afraid of how you would react or I was afraid I was going to let you down because maybe I did something wrong, that fear of judgment or betrayal or whatever that is would absolutely kill the communication with us because I know that I can no longer confide in you 100%. I would be devastated. 
A lot of people do that though, and they don't realize that they're doing it. There's people who are unhappy in their marriage that can't tell their partner why they're unhappy because they're afraid they're going to break their heart or they're going to hurt them or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. They're afraid of their reaction. These kind of things are going to dictate your success in the check-ins. If you feel like any of these are off, your check-ins are not going to be sincere. Mm -hmm. Um, I asked about the vulnerability because most men are told their entire life, it's not okay to cry. Man up, pick yourself up by the bootstraps, put some fucking dirt on it, let's go. Men will cry in their car, they'll have meltdowns, some of us will be Baker acted, but we will not be completely vulnerable to our partners because we are afraid of the fear of retaliation. In the event that things don't work out or you have a bad day or you want to go to your girls and gossip or whatever the case may be, we are going to look different in the eyes of other people by being vulnerable because it's not just you and it's not just this moment. If you are a man and you do not trust your woman enough to be 100% honest and open with them, what does that say about the person you pick to spend the rest of your life with? Do you not trust them enough to keep your secrets? Even when things go bad, do you not trust them enough to be vulnerable and cry in front of them when you need to let go? Um, that is a very real concern and something that you need to look inward on. <clears throat> and you need to think about why it is that you have that with your partner. It is not uncommon for men to not want to hurt their partner by saying foul shit or mm -hmm. being unnecessarily angry or whatever the case may be. You know, we want to make sure that our women are safe and protected and feel that way. But if you are omitting things, you are lying. You would, um, omitting your emotions and your vulnerabilities and the fact that you have crippling anxiety or super stressed out situations about whatever's going on and you try to bury, uh, carry that load on your own, you are also removing your partner's ability to help you. All of the things that I deal with every single day, all of the stresses with the businesses and the finances, the employees, um, past trauma, our arguments when we have them, which aren't really arguments, they're just heated discussions, but things that may trigger or bother me with you, if I can't unload some of that, I'm going to overfill and, and combust. I know that you are my wife. We are loyal and servants of each other. You are capable of carrying some of that load until my shoulders no longer hurt and I can pick that back up and keep mm -hmm. walking. It's no different than that ruck that I, that ruck video I made. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to continue with that. You guys get what I'm trying to say here. It's important that you, you figure this shit out. These, these, Five questions are, are absolutely crucial to having proper check-ins. And maybe those questions are something that you should ask your partner. Read them to them. Make them listen to this podcast and have them evaluate themselves in that as well. That's all I got on these. Do women really take their man's vulnerability and use that as gossip? 100%. 100%. Wow. L look, there's... um. I've told you, we've talked about it. I know women who have been in dom-sub relationships that took pictures right. of their their marks, and then when the relationship ended, had the man arrested for domestic violence. That happens. How the, absolutely disgusting. Right. And and what's he going to say? She asked for it? There's, there's dude, people are fucking scumbags. And, and I don't care if it's male or female. People do vindictive shit when they're mm -hmm. hurt. And men, <clears throat> like women, have been hurt so much that we tend to never treat love the same way and never treat the next woman the way we treated the one before. It's, um, it is commonplace to harden yourself a little bit more every single time you're hurt. Every time somebody slights you, 
you may, you become a little bit harder of a man. That softness and the um, want to do for others after you've been burned so many times just fades. And eventually you get angry, bitter, selfish men. It's, it's no different than what you see on the internet. I'll never get married again. There's no point in it. I see that all the time in my comments. Right. I do too. So that's it. That's very much a thing. Do you have anything that you want to go in with the check-ins? Because that was almost an hour on the check-in. No. All right. 